Tune in to Idiocy every day, week, month, or whenever we release. We talk about nothing for a second, minute, hour, or longer than you think is possible. But we're here to do the impossible. Cause I'm a hope, he's Walt, and it's time for the Hold and Walt Show. Yeah! Well... Hello, Mr. Uh, Walt. Hey. Hey Why don't there. you give us a pithy, enjoyable introduction. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. What's this podcast about? And also tell us your third favourite, Harry Bow. Right, I've lost all of the instructions because I have limited uh, processing speed in my brain. So, uh, okay. guten Abend, willkommen, Damen und Herren, uh, Madame et Monsieur, chaussettes, chaussures, konnichiwa. Uh, uh, this is the Holt and Walt show. Um, <laughs> we where we halt and oh. we Walt. That's right. Yeah. And uh, third favourite Harry Bay? Well, I think it'd have to be fried eggs. Really? Third favourite? Yeah. Across across the whole... Spe- I'm including Tang Fastics. Um, well, I mean, we're going... I, I, I was imagining specificity within the Tang Fastics. So, yes, you absolutely. know, my favourite yeah. is cherries. Second really? favourite is... Um, what the sugary, the ta- the tangy cherries, or the ones? Yeah, that yeah, get tang- tangy Starbucks. cherries. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. And mm. then it's uh, probably the lollipops, which are also I always thought they were keys. Oh yes, um, in the in the fizzy one in, again. In the, in the fizzy one the again. Sugary yeah. one. Yeah. And then and then next fried egg. Just fried egg. It's, you know, it's it's kind of good. Yeah, yeah. It's the white bit, isn't it? Yeah. It's like the love hearts. They've got that nice white bit on them as well. Yeah, I like the alligators too. Um, Sorry, I was just thinking about these sweets because I've got next to me an empty um, uh, cup for pick and mix, which I don't oh, yeah. often get. But the the last time I went to the cinema, I, I had one. Can you see it how was quite, big that it was? Cup it is? was quite blurred, and uh, it looked pink and large, and yeah, it's you know cylindrical. And you get uh, it. I got it from the range, and it's only three pounds, and you can fill the entire cup. Uh huh. Okay. I was just suggesting that it looked like, you know, quite a cylindrical pink thing in the in the blurry video. Alan, I mean, look at that. It's a bit girthy. Very girthy. Blimey. <laughs> I think that would yeah. uh, wreak havoc. Although that was a while ago. I haven't been to the cinema for. Uh, for a while. A good while. Actually, the last thing... I mean, it's been a very long time since you and I, we did an episode. Um, yes. And I, yeah, the last film I saw was either Barbie or Oppenheimer as part of the Barbenheimer thing. That's how long ago it was. In the cinema. I Actually, that... Mm. Yeah. We, uh, Charlotte and I went to see Barbie in the cinema. And Oppenheimer? Pink. No. We, I, we, I think we talked about this. We weren't too. Well, actually, we we talked about how you were going to see it for the next episode, which is this uh, one, even though that yeah. was about three months ago. Yeah, uh, I still haven't seen Oppenheimer. Wow, yet. you saw Barbie in over Barbie to presidents mm-hmm. over Oppenheimer. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think, I'm surprised. Uh, I mean, Barbie, was, but yeah, Barbie was all right. I it was really good. enjoyed Barbie. Charlotte a lot of people I... shat on it because oh, like the plot didn't make sense, or one of the actors was really crap. Uh, you know, the actor in the real. You say uh, actress, a lot of people but... shat on it, but it is the highest-grossing uh, movie of all time, um, solely directed by a, a woman, a female, uh-huh. with a female, oh, well, dire- a sole female director. Well, so I'm not shitting on it. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was. Well, very I'm just funny, saying. I think considering. I think you know, you're looking at something through a, a a magnifying glass of the internet because. Oh no no no! Not I mean I'm not looking at through the internet. I'm look I'm I enjoyed it. 
Sam, you're not listening. I loved it. But I think... <laughs> I, I, I'm saying I don't know if that many people did not like it because it made over a billion... Oh, well, the dollars. friends that I spoke to... Really? ...said it was like, oh, come on, it was so in your face. I was like, but what the hell did you expect? It was a, uh, it was Barbie. Like, Barbie come movie. on. And, uh, and it was funny the way they did it. <laughs> and then they complained, oh, but they made all the men look so stupid. And it's like... Yeah, that was that was a joke, you know. A they didn't have to revenge. see the movie when they went into that movie. What were they expecting? I, I no honestly one forced don't. them to see it. No, I know, I know. It was very funny. Um, I thought I it was enjoyed. good, and I thought it was funny. But Charlotte and I didn't love it, although not for, you know, feminist. Re- not because we thought the men were too stupid. From um, writing reasons or acting, we reasons? thought that the second half of the film. Mm-hmm. Didn't quite live up to the first half. But the yeah 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 I in can terms see of quality, that. and I think for us it fell apart. So during the film, they leave Barbie World, mm-hmm. um, and they go into the but then real they world. go back into it. So they're not in the real world for very long, and sh- we we didn't really like it from the bit where they went back to Barbie World very much. Mm. I like the dancing and the choreography and, you know, the, 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 mu- the jokes. The music, video, the music video was great. Um, yeah. But, yeah, we, we just thought it lost a little bit of the heart. We, we, it lo- we, it uh, lost a bit of momentum, but uh, generally I thought, you know, not bad for a film it, that was made by a company that is trying to sell you dolls. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely wasn't my favourite Greta Gerwig film. Mm-hmm. I'll say it like, you know, put it okay. I preferred uh, Lady Bird and um, did she do Little Women or was that someone else? Little Women wasn't very good. It was just boring. <laughs> um, but yeah, Oppenheimer was better. Okay. Um, now let's go straight on to the uh, the main course, I'd say. Um, oh. So we've skipped. Was that the appetizer? Know, yeah. Well, that, 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 that was the sweets, you know, foreplay. Uh, the Harry oh, you're, mi- you're, mi- you're mixing uh, metaphors here. Yeah, yeah. So now we're on to the sexy main course. Um, yeah, right. And uh, Blue-Eyed Samurai on Netflix. Uh, you asked me to watch it. Oh, we are jumping it. straight in. We're not going for any pleasantries today, are we? No. I don't even know if you're okay. I'm just going to assume I have you're not, not been okay, okay for years. <laughs> Let's uh, go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do the rest um, of this podcast and you can just assume that we are both miserable. Okay. Yeah. Go on. Uh, Blue-eyed samurai. Go it's on Netflix. Yeah. Your Go. initial oh thoughts. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Ooh, um. All right. How did you come? So it's it? a. Oh, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't you know? um, oh my god! Is uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. It's uh. What is it? It's an eight-part, um, animated, series. Yeah. On Netflix, each episode. Around forty minutes long, so yeah, quite long. Yeah, I'm I'm shaking my hand, so it's like roughly doing that. Roughly, I don't actually know how it's animated, but I don't know if it's two D or three D because the the style is very similar to the movie Klaus, the Christmas movie Claus Klaus, or which Arcane. is two D but looks three D. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, it's quite similar. So to Arcane has a sort of uh, that was the League of Legends uh, animated yes. series made for Netflix. It has this kind of 3D um, aesthetic, but there are some shots that the lighting uh, is so beautiful that it just, bam. Mm. Is that 2D? And you're not quite sure. uh, Blue-Eyed Samurai has a similar aesthetic. Yeah. Either way, I'd say the animation is very, very high quality, especially considering it's a series and you've got... And it's long. Yeah. Um, I have to say, something bugged me about that, and whereas Arcane, yeah, Arcane succeeded, there was something, and I don't know if it's just my ego, like saying, ah, it's not as good, Um, (laughs) but especially in the first few episodes, they felt more stiff, Uh, you know that sort of 3D animated... um, vibe um if what i noticed 
or came across uh, some time ago, if a 3D scene doesn't have any movement in it, it becomes extremely stale. It like looks doll-like or uncanny. Um, and so in every single 3D scene, whether it's Toy Story or whatever, they always have a little bit of movement, whether it's like a chest breathing, someone turning their head slightly to give you the impression that it's a living, breathing world. Whereas 2D mm -hmm. animation, you can have static shots. Uh, you know, just look at um, Samurai Jack. There's loads of static just shots and panning across the scene. But if you try to do that in 3D, it can look really weird or not quite right. Um, and I, I just what felt, you're saying. I just felt I that there was that some I think weirdness. You're being a little harsh on. I mean, this is a series which is a new IP. It's not mm -hmm. based on anything like Arcane mm. was. It's, it's not got any. You yep. know, it's it's kind of out of the blue. Yep. Um, hey. Yeah. Yeah. Um and it's very, very long. You know, like we said, eight episodes of up to an hour. Yeah. So that's a lot of animation time. Mm. Mm. So I uh, and you know, lots of choreography. I didn't necessarily feel what you felt, but maybe mm. the counterpoint to that would be um there are quite a few scenes of quite intense action. Mm where if you're going to focus your animation attention, maybe they put more effort into those because I felt that they were really good. I, I thought the, 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 yeah, the action so, sequences, the battle scenes, uh, fight choreography. Oof, that was, yeah, that was good. So basically it's a classic samurai revenge style story. Um, mm -hmm. the, the protagonist is this, she, it's a female warrior who doesn't claim to be a samurai um, who wants to take revenge against the, I think there's three or four white men in the whole of Japan. Mm -hmm. And she knows that one of them has to be her father because um, she's, she's half Japanese, yeah. half white. And because Hence of that, blue eyes. yeah, everyone calls her a monster because I guess at that time they were all racist against white people in Japan. I think um, most countries... And racists were racist against each other in those times. Okay. So she's had a very tough life because of that. And she's never known her father. Um, but she knows that he's white. So mm -hmm. she's on a mission to go across Japan, find the four white men mm -hmm. and kill them. Yeah. Um, so it's a bit no, Kill it, Bill style in a way. Just a disclaimer, why are there four white men? It's because uh, historically... Japan, um, well, I mean, it's still an island, uh, not historically an <laughs> island, but uh, was very, very averse to trade for a specific uh, set of years. Yeah, and I didn't really um, know that, and that is a plot point in the series as well, uh, yeah. towards the end. Um, and uh, so they, they, they banned uh, foreigners from really landing on Japan that means that trade was limited to a specific island, and that's that's pretty much why there's only about four white people. Because a, it's such a distance to get to Japan from, say, the the Americas or uh, even just the UK, and two, they just you know barred them from trade. Did you mean much. to do that? What? A and two. No, I, <laughs> A and two, yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, so the, the, I can't remember her name, it's Mizu or something like that. The, the story Meaning focuses water. on her. She's the, a little bit cliche because her uh, eyes are blue. Yes, and that's that classic Bruce Lee saying, isn't it? Be like water. Be like water, friend. yeah. Yeah, um, so she's the focus and then there's a handful of... Uh, or a hand less. Satellite characters. There's there's someone who she runs into who wants to become her. Uh, what would you call apprentice? Not, apprentice. That's the word. Yeah. And mm -hmm. but she's doesn't consider herself a samurai, and she doesn't want an apprentice. No, um, she's very. <laughs> Don't follow me. You're yeah. getting my way. And that story kind of plays out how you think that it might. And yeah. Um, there's also this rival 
samurai who she mm. faces at one point because uh, he works at this dojo um, where she needs to go in order to get the information about where this white man lives. Yep. And they fight, she beats him, and then that becomes a running story throughout the, the series. Yeah, that um, actually surprised me. That was a little uh, twist in the plot where I was like, I thought it was going to be quite run-of-the-mill. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, we'll ha- just have a couple characters. Uh, but as the episodes progressed, you know, the story between these rival um rivalries you know between the samurai in the dojo and the main character was a lot more um fun uh yeah you know the type of um they respect each other but they hate each other but they have to work together because you know because of the situation they're thrust into i i really enjoyed that so mm-hmm. um it's been done before and- a million times but it was just you know it's good. Yeah, uh, and and the 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 samurai from the dojo, he mm-hmm. kind of embodies the classic um, samurai ways spirit of, yeah. of honor Bushido. and um, mm-hmm. um, so he he sort of brings across that element in the series, and of course the main the main character as, as we've said is female, mm-hmm. um, which but no one knows. Again, yeah, they weren't respected there and then, or at least not for that as as a, as a warrior or a samurai. Mm-hmm. So she goes the whole series pretending to be a man, which, mm-hmm. you know, in real life, I will be. I I feel like you might notice, but then but, we are talking about an animated series, you know, <laughs> yeah, with true. lots of creative license. Yeah, uh, no one, no one in so, the show. Yeah. yeah, for the sake for the sake of the story, everyone mm-hmm. thinks she's a man. So that's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, and then there's what sort of one more main character who is a a princess. Um, who is the love interest of the male samurai from the dojo. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to get wet, married off. And then so she, she has a bit of a, a sideline story as well. And that also had quite a nice twist and turn to it. Um, it's, yeah. At the beginning, for, it, for I me, felt... Some of the, through, some of yeah. these secondary stories mm-hmm. didn't work. The main through-line story of... Was it... Is it Mizu? Mizu, yeah. Her, her yeah. main story... Of revenge, mm. I thought was really well done, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed following her progression. Yeah, and then of course because it's a series, it's long form. You need to have secondary stories to kind of bulk out the time. But some of them I just didn't feel were as well developed. Were a bit more cliche, a bit predictable, and sometimes um, which which was predictable contrived. and which. So the worst one, the one which I didn't really like that much was the princess. Really. Yeah, so I just thought, so she kind of has to, li- she runs away to mm. try and, um, you, you know, for ver- to try to try and find the male samurai guy who's yeah go- gone off to track down music to regain his honour. And then so she's sort of going out, thrust into the world where she's never been to before and she goes and she works in a brothel and she goes and she does this and she goes and does that. Mm-hmm. But everything just kind of works out for her. She doesn't uh, really seem to face what? any kind of hardship. No, that's not true. That's what? Sam, and also, the, there's this there's this one key pivotal point yeah. in one of you know one of the best episodes. There's this attack on a brothel, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's a bit like um, it's kind of like you know in Kill Bill when you've got those he's got she kills all those the, the crazy eighty eight. Yeah. Or there's that old Japanese movie. Oh no, that's a different episode. Sorry, but she, she basically has to kill all these people, and it's such this an is Mi- excellent Mizu. episode. Yeah. yeah, Mizu has to kill all these people. And it's such an excellent episode, and then at the end, there's this twist about Mizu losing her honor because she doesn't um, do something for this princess girl, and I just thought it was really lame and it just didn't make sense. And I feel like in real life, it wasn't that big a deal, and she shouldn't no. be expected to do anything. Oh. What like I don't think she lost anything when I say this, but yeah, yeah. yeah, Okay, for me, um, I actually thought that Mizu's backstory was pretty contrived. Um, I enjoyed the parts where, uh, let's just say she's older, um, uh, with with you know living with her mother, 
in, in, a, in a nice place. I enjoyed that aspect um, and the and the betrayal she experiences there. Uh, but generally, the sort of I, I was I was bullied forever, you know, like uh, every my blue eyes, everyone. It's just like oh, get. Is that no? But that's not. That's not a contrivance. I mean, that's like the crux of the story. It's, it's the crux of the story, yeah, for sure. But um, the actual sort of... Um, here's my main issue, right? <clears throat> the voice acting in English and the delivery as well as the, the dialogue was shocking. Um, Ooh, like, really, so? really bad. Um, oh, so I thought a couple were a bit lame like the, the main character guy. was awful oh um, disagree i thought she was good no no uh, and and the first episode she's inspecting some kind of uh, a gun Ooh, it looks like western and it's, it's just blah, 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 blah. um where did you where did you get this she's you can tell that the actress is putting on a lower voice to sound like a man which sounds forced but whereas wouldn't she be doing that like Yes, but it sounds so crap that you're like, how can anyone believe this? If you listen... So I, so I was like, okay, let me watch it in Japanese, see if that works better. Again, the delivery was not I think good. it's worth saying it's not um, a Japanese show. So if you watch not it in English, Japanese. you are watching the original. Yeah. However, yeah. Uh, after, after failing, you know, after the Japanese audio test failed... Um, yeah. I started to watch it in German, and that was fantastic, much better. Of course, there are some children with weird, crappy voices, um, <laughs> but the main bad guy, uh, you know, from Ireland. Oh my God! There was one point where I turned it back to English, and I heard how like soft his voice was. Yeah, I was like, "What that's, the hell?" Honestly, the pers- you have that's to- Kenneth Branagh. It's terrible. It's absolutely Oof, terrible. Goodness, I thought it was... Well, I thought Kenneth Branagh, as the bad guy, it was really good. And he has that soft voice, but it's... But, like, he's a very physically imposing character in the show. Yeah. And I do feel like he carries that weight in that voice. Um, and in comparison to well. the German voice, it's so bad. And it doesn't but, even... I mean, if you... Oh. I, if you were more used to the German one, any, oh, I'm surprised that all the things. Um, it seems that we both didn't love it, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. But for different reasons, I think we're being a bit too negative. Though. I, I thought it was really, really good. This is the thing. So there's nothing wrong the with action perfect, in particular, like an imperfect show, right? Sometimes people are so critical. Um, for almost, you know, unnecessary reasons. And the thing is, like, we felt different things, that it wasn't a perfect show. Um, Maybe some of the writing or just, like, believability of certain Mm. things is a little bit, like, brushed over. Um, At least I I did. However, you know, it's it's great animation the the majority of the time. The story's got a good, you know, good twists and turns. It's got a feel. Like, the the universe has a real, like, horrible feel to it where people are devilish and brutal, um, which I haven't sort of felt as much in in other kinds of animated uh, series. Um, There is a bit of plot armor... But yeah, yeah, there is. I mean, yeah. quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. But I've I, I I've really enjoyed it. Um, I do think it captures um, that aesthetic quite well as well. The mm. sort of honourable samurai, that classic Japanese feel that you would imagine from um, a show set. I, I can imagine if I was watching this when I was at twelve years old. And I thought samurais were the coolest thing of all time. Yeah, and I probably still do think that. Yeah, I, I, would, I would love it old. just on a quite a surface level. Yeah, and I do think a lot of the story is very good. It yeah. just 
maybe you know a second series i'd want it to see it tightened up um i'd maybe want a little more grittiness for some of the characters um you know for, i i like the way that it starts when she's a young girl and she's helping out this master swordsmith mm-hmm. the just the aesthetics of all that and it takes its time there yeah and it's just enjoyable to watch and it's such a a treat because it is so like I said earlier, it's kind of out of the blue. I'd never heard of it. I just saw it advertised on Netflix. I watched it, and it was just like, whoa, this is great. I yeah. wouldn't put it... You know, if Arcane was up to my eyebrows in terms of quality, it's maybe up to, you know, the bottom of my chin. Wow, that was a good... <laughs> what was that? <laughs> like, it's the bottom of your chin? Uh, uh, I guess I'm saying if Arcane is a 9 out of 10 maybe this is a 8 out of 10 okay right my eyebrows are about 9 my chin's yeah. about an 8 nipples okay. would be about a 6.5 I'm just trying to find the, uh, the that trailer that would be a good in... way of maybe instead of doing that of 10 we just say what part of our body it reaches um, like for me okay, Barbie, so... Barbie would have been like a nipple I think Barbie was probably a nipple, yeah. Um, but then you're you're a bit. Oppenheimer would have been like shoulder. Well, anything else you want to say about Blue Eye Samurai? Don't watch it in English. I think well, fine. I thought that the voice acting was great, apart from like a couple of characters. The, well, the Apprentice, so, I thought, so was bad. The, the Apprentice is awful, 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 awful. Um, yeah, really bad. And I think that has to do is a combination of the dialogue, like the written dialogue, as well as the acting. Yeah, I also thought that the dojo samurai guy, mm-hmm. mm, his voice is maybe a bit too. Oh. I thought that he was good. I thought that his voice was maybe a bit too clean or sanitized. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know how to describe it really, but I don't actually know what his voice sounds like in English. Um, <laughs> I li- I watched the whole thing. He doesn't feel like a tough with, with samurai guy to me. Mm. He's, he sounds like... I would love you to hear what Kenneth Branagh, the bad guy's character, sounds like in German. I thought that it's... Kenneth Branagh was a high point of the voice acting, actually. I thought Mizu and Kenneth Branagh... So we dip both. we disagree on both of those. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, I, I, I'm not going to be able to find a, a, a you know... A, um, also, anything. if you watch it in English, you get... Um, so, Akemi, who's the princess, mm-hmm. she has, like, a servant person mm-hmm. who's played by... Um, what's that guy? Uh, James McTavish. <laughs> no. No? Uh, so I just, yeah, I just made you that You know, from, from Star Trek... Jean-Luc Picard. <laughs> Spock. Oh, give no. me one second. I'm just okay. going to open the door. I'm waiting for Alan. Waiting for him to return from the door. I'm waiting for Alan. Is he going to come back today or tomorrow? Where he oh, is with his handsome face. It wasn't Charlotte. It wasn't Charlotte. Oh, my goodness. She wouldn't ring the doorbell anyway, would she? No, exactly. She That's lives there, doesn't she? She yeah. does, when she wants to. Um, so the 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 guy from Star Trek, you know, he he talks a bit. <laughs> uh, Star Trek he's a or gay, Star Wars? He's a gay icon. John Luke Picard. No, he's. Oh, why don't we just look it up? <laughs> so this is this. Uh... He's got a very. I can't do. I can't do it. Uh... Oh my god, blue eye samurai cast. I can't even spell anymore. Blue eye samurai. So we have Kenneth Branagh as Abijah Fowler and George Takai as yeah, Seki. Yeah, that's the one. That's yeah. the one. Yeah, if you watch Star it in Trek. English, I'm pretty sure that's what he's from, isn't he? Probably. Like, that's what he's famous for, I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, do. Sans mauvais. Have you uh, lost your sense of smell? 
Come on down to the olfactory. We'll get you a brand new smell. It's the oldest factory in town. Smells include a child labor, rotting corpses, and the old-time classic doo-doo. We have a warning, not fit for human consumption. This is Frank's incense. Down the little lane, behind Jonathan, our motto is, we make you smell. Only available on altandworld.com. I'm thinking about grading films based on body height. Yeah, nipples. Um, I watched a film recently, within the last mm-hmm. few days, mm-hmm. which would probably barely make it... It wouldn't make it past my shins, I don't think. Oh, ooh. And In I a was good surprised. Way. I thought it would be navel upwards. Uh-huh. How how would it be good if it doesn't make it past my shins? Well, I mean, no, in a good way. Like, it was just so bad. It was so good. Oh, no, no, no. This is bad. Okay. You know, it's, it's just like... bad. <laughs> yeah, it's like it, it would probably take me out and I'd knock my teeth out if I tripped over it. Oh, um, God. Yeah. It, Not, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a clue. Um, the, Napoleon. The first one came out in 1999. Uh-huh. Toy Story. It was... Groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. Two directors. At the same time? Yes, who were at the time a different... I think they were both a different gender. Oh, Matrix. Now. Yeah. Um, which one did you see? What The, the new the, one. The new Matrix. I've heard that that is awful. Matrix Resurrections. Yeah, I've heard like that, that it's basically... Warner Brothers wanted them to uh, do do a, a series like a you know to do another one, and they thought, oh okay, let's do it. What they did was write in to the story that Warner Brothers wants. Yeah, I mean that does happen. That's not why the film's bad. No, it's not. I mean, some, like, I actually thought that that bit was good. So oh, it was just so. I was surprised at how bad it was, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Question, the, the, why was the first one so good? If the if these 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 directors, I haven't seen it for a long time, but I think it you know it was groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, it had quite a serious tone. That the effects were very good for the time. I think they yeah. probably. Still but the story is actually just very simple and really good. Um, it's quite. It's quite enjoyable. Yeah. Matrix. I think it's cool because it's quite mysterious. And then I think the original sequels um, got a lot of flack for being a bit pretentious. They were too over and, and like not leaving things up to mystery. You Maybe. Know, just telling I mean, I, you... When I saw them, I was quite young, so I, I, I liked them. I um, still haven't seen Matrix 3. Yeah, I don't know how the story ends, and a lot of people have told me it's not worth watching. Don't watch it. I reckon you should watch it. I mean, it is a part of film history. I mean, The Matrix is one of the all-time greats. I think. Um, yeah. I think you can say that fairly. Uh, Matrix Three is worth watching just to see the conclusion, mm. um, and it's notable for the fact that it was produced during. I think there was. A strike in the animate, like an animators' strike. Mm-hmm. So the CG in it is appalling. <laughs> it's really, really, really terrible. Um, but anyway, so yeah, the Matrix Four, mm-hmm. it does have that meta stuff that you're talking about, which I, I don't think was necessarily a, a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Not when you're watching it, because so the, the whole first part of the film, you're with Neo somehow, mm-hmm. and he's. <clears throat> living in a version of the Matrix, and he's a video game designer, and mm-hmm. the game that he designed was the Matrix, right? Um, but he's wrestling with the fact which that he seems to have memories of a different life, yeah. Um, but in this game company that they're working with, they happen to make a sequel mm-hmm. to the original Matrix games, and that's yeah. where all of this meta stuff comes in. And this, and they're like, 
they're saying stuff like, oh yeah, Warner Brothers were saying that if we didn't make a sequel to this game, they were going to make one without us. Mm-hmm. Which is obviously a way of them saying, if we didn't make this movie, they were going to make it without us. Which I think yeah. they should have done, because I don't think I, that... It's possible they would have done it better. It would have been good to have given it to someone who understood The Matrix, and yeah. maybe had interest in it. The thing is, though, Disney's remakes of things have been absolutely garbage, like hot, steaming garbage, um, and probably up to shins as well. Um, <laughs> but this is totally... I mean, think, If think it was of, given to Warner Brothers, can you guarantee that it's like, better than shins? It, de- it depends 100%. Look at um, uh, Blade Runner. Yeah. Okay, that's a movie you would have said no one should have ever touched. Yeah. And then you give it to someone like Denis Villeneuve and he goes mm. and he makes Blade Runner 2049. Which, which although had its flaws, was pretty enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, like so, a, like a, a, a revival of the, um, mm. yeah, the atmosphere. So if you give it to the right person, which they probably wouldn't, but it's probably more interesting <laughs> than... We would have gotten something different. It was just so yeah. bad. It was so... I think the problem is The Matrix is such a cool idea. Like you're mm-hmm. living inside a mach- computer world, inside a machine. And once you understand that, you can kind of manipulate the world. And that's what the whole the thing about being the one is and how they can yeah. jump over buildings because you kind of know mm-hmm. that it's fake. Yeah. And therefore, and and then you've got the whole world outside of it as well, which mm-hmm. is quite gritty and dark. And yeah. this film just had none of that. It's, the action sequences were just so generic. Yeah. Um, when Neo kind of gets his powers back such such that they are they're incredibly lame they basically just <laughs> well he he's ha- he's just a he fast kind of coder well he can kind of create a force field mm-hmm. and stop bullets and that's mm-hmm. it. it it doesn't feel like he's manipulating the world in any way yeah and there were a couple of bits that it was just so Lame. I mean, it felt like you were watching something taking place on a stage or on a set. Mm. It wasn't immersive in any way. And there were times when I actually rewound the action to watch something again to see if it was as bad as I thought that it was. Oh but, my for god! For example, so they they bring back they bring back Agent Smith, mm-hmm. um, as you would as a remake. That's a cash for, grab. Yeah, but it doesn't make sense why he's back. They've just brought him back, and they've mm-hmm. not used Hugo Weaving either. Um, oh no! So they brought him back, and there's a bit where he punt. He's punching some people, but there's a, about a foot between, um, in distance between his fist and the people mm-hmm. that he's hitting. Yeah, and obviously he, you know, it's a movie. He's not hitting them in real life, but it's just so noticeable. Mm-hmm. It's like whoever made this movie either doesn't know how to make a movie. Mm-hmm. A modern movie in modern times, which I think might be the case, or they just didn't care enough um, to make it look good. Um, yeah, wow. and Morpheus is in there, but that's a different actor as well. Oh God! And what are they doing? The, the film is so contrived that they could have brought back the original actors. Mm-hmm. Fine, you know, it didn't need they to did make get sense get because Keanu the film Reeves. was lame anyway. Yeah, they got Keanu Reeves. I think the film is basically a way to give Keanu Reeves and um, uh, Trinity the the twins a happy ending oh right okay and nothing more than that it it doesn't deal with the Matrix really at all Mm -hmm. it doesn't need to be a Matrix film it's just a lame action film or it's just a lame rom-com with a bit of action a lame action film with some lame as much as I love him, some lame Keanu Reeves acting. Mm. Uh, mm. So I'll, I'll give that. I'll give a that an shin ankle score. An ankle. An ankle. Oh my god, that is. It like was really bad. Ankle deep. I can imagine having an ankle deep bath. Like it's just. You just. Why am I here? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. That's yeah. that's a bad. That's it's a bad probably movie. the worst film I've seen this this year. It has to. Be. Uh, The 
This is the 1933 Radio Jazz Hand Broadcast. Coming up in tonight's show, we bring you the acclaimed Spandugle Red with their mighty hit, The Man Who Shot the Moon. They will be joining us in about half past the jazz clock where we talk in depth about their new finger drumming technique and what they use to keep their hands supple as a box of microwave chocolate. But before the interview, so that we're all on the same wavelength, on the 1933 Radio Jazz Hands broadcast, we only provide you with the finest, smoothest, stickiest jazz beats, and we are proudly sponsored by Cliff's Peanut Butter Hand Cream. We are very selective about our choice of sponsors, and we here at the Radio Jazz Hands broadcast community take our integrity very seriously. So it comes as no surprise the Cliff's Peanut Butter Hand Cream sponsorship is based on mutual commitment to bringing our audience the finest, smoothest, stickiest products there can be without compromising on grip or finger dexterity. And now, palm oil free. Keep those sweaty palms free from all dust, grit, and grime. And now, back to the show. Speaking of films, uh, I'm trying to remember what I remember. Uh, what <laughs> I'm trying to remember, remember what you remember. <laughs> we were yeah. supposed to do a Halloween episode and give lots oh of my God. horror yeah, recommendations, we, yeah. which we never did. Uh, I'll give one recommendation. We're not going to talk about it. Okay. Um, I'm just going to check Netflix what to see what. But I've I seen. wanted to give it during the Halloween episode. Um, they it. Oh God, I can't remember what it's called now. I think it's called it come it comes at night or they come at night. Oh yeah, you recommend it? I recommend it. I saw it a few years ago. It was a movie okay. which I'd put off watching for a long time because mm-hmm. a lot of people and a lot of reviews say it's very slow and a bit boring. Right. But, um, then I watched it and I actually found it very very enjoyable. So that's my okay. suggestion. Go into it not expecting a classic jump scare kind of horror movie. Okay. Something a okay. bit more thoughtful. Um, oh, <clears throat> here's something that I watched uh, recently. Two two things that I... One, one, one movie that I watched and uh, a series that I started but uh, uh, just thought it was awful. Um, so, The Pale Blue Eye, which is a Christian Bale... Oh, we've, um, we've got a... Theme. Harry Melling, G- Gillian Anderson... Uh, Sexual violence and violence, um, and then it's got injury detail and threat. So oh. you know it's good. Uh, basically, a retired detective recruits an astute West Point cadet named Edgar Allan Poe, none other, no. uh, to help him solve a grisly murder mystery at the U.S. Military Academy. Is this a, sorry? Is this a movie or a series? This is this is a movie. It's a Netflix film. Um, Based off of a book. I haven't read the book. I never heard of it before. I have to say, I there are some there's some really great acting in it, uh, but the plot it gets a little convoluted, and um, it's the ending is not believable. There's a there's a particular twist that you just think there was no setup for that, mm-hmm. and it's just falls flat um if it had stayed a traditional just like no twist you i would have been like oh yeah wow you know that was straightforward but great you know uh edgar Allan poe the uh, famous poet um oh. who's written the raven and other mm. things uh just has a sort of dark uh ominous feel 
to his poetry, which I absolutely love, appears as a character in this. And the dialogue is, you know, pretty fantastic because it's this Edwardian, you know, 1800s type uh, American dialogue. But it it just feels so old timey, you know, Uh it's always it's always impressive. Um, you speak of rec- Edgar Allan yeah. Poe. So, what was that called again? That's called the Pale Blue Eye. There's another thing about eyes. There, there's another um, Edgar Allan Poe thing at the moment. You know, um, Mike Flanagan. Um, I recognise that name. He's like probably one of the best um, people working in horror at the moment. He did the Haunting of Hill House. He did the Doctor Sleep movie. Um, oh. He's done a Netflix series, which I haven't watched, but it's called The Fall of the House of Usher. And that's based on, um, it's like an anthology type thing based on Mm -hmm. Edgar Allan Poe stories, I think. So that's good to watch. Okay. I think anything by him is good. Mike Flanagan. Mm -hmm. Uh, Haunting of Blind Manor, Haunting of Hill House. um, Yeah. Um, And he's potentially doing The Dark Tower. Oh, what Stephen a reboot. King. Well, I I would rather just forget that the first movie exists. It was so <laughs> awful. Um, yeah, I think he's doing like a mixture of movies and series. Mm-hmm. All going well. Okay. Which is incredibly exciting. Great, great. <laughs> Don't sound um, too thrilled. No, no, I, I'm, I'm quite curious to see something quite dark and ominous, but like done well. And if it, it yeah, um... The fall, the, the fall of the House of Usher sounds good. Mm. Doctor Sleep sounds quite good. Um, Doctor Sleep is really good. If you watch it, watch try and watch the extended mm-hmm. director's cut. It is okay. better. Well, um, d- uh, just to finish off the other thing, I watched... Um, I was trying to find a comedy. I've been trying to find a comedy for ages. Um, yeah. Something that isn't rewatching peep show even though i've never <laughs> finished the last season Ooh, it's um, great. oh it's oh a comedy series you're looking for yeah and so i i thought you know what i'll check out disenchantment it's on netflix it's it's always advertised there it's matt groaning you know it's got that simpsons oh, yes. art style yep i have to say it's absolutely shit <laughs> like I, Charlotte and I were watching it, and yes, yes, it, there are some funny parts. You know, there are some hits, but it's mostly misses. Yeah, it's um, I don't know, jokes that fall so flat because they're like, oh, you have a path in the woods, go left or right, and then the character says, I I choose. Something else, you know, and that it's like, but wait, what? Where was the joke? <laughs> yeah, ah, uh, it's just so unfunny. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, it can um, be hard to find to find a good um, ser- comedy series to watch, can it? Can I make a couple mm-hmm. of suggestions? Well, if you say it's always sunny in Philadelphia, then you then I have your back. I um, wasn't going to say that, but okay. I am. Work. I'm a yeah. I started that recently. I'm up mm-hmm. to about season seven, I think. Yeah. Oh my god, that's good okay. if you want something which just has a, a billion episodes to watch. Yeah. Um, um, but something. But it's uh, also each episode is. So far, I'm on season two, and I've just met Danny DeVito's character. Yeah. Um, yeah. and they're all they're all standalone. Yeah. It's but um, also different. I wouldn't say it's Peep Show on steroids because Peep Show has a particular feel. But it's it's the American equivalent, like something that has each episode is to a really high standard. Every episode, it starts somewhat, somewhat, and I say in inverted commas, innocently, and by the end, it's an absolutely disastrous situation that's concocted through all of the characters' idiocy, and it's just oh. There's so many episodes and they're only 20 minutes long. So it's something to chuckle to. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The American series are never quite as good as British series to our, to our sense of humour, I don't think. To our sensibility. In terms of comedy, you'd say. Yeah. I mean, Peep, Peep Show, 
the thing about American series is that there's just they do so many episodes. Mm-hmm. Whereas British things, they tend to be six episodes, and it's like you can. I think it's just funding. I think, yeah, it's just a British thing. They've all si- comedy series in Britain seem to be about around the six episode mark, and I just think they reach higher quality. And American series like Friends or or, or Always Sunny, mm-hmm. I don't. I think you know they're great, but they're just so long that no one episode I would say ever reaches quite as good as any of the British star sitcoms. Right. There's but, just but, a, but you can just watch yeah. so many of them and, and they're just so easy to watch. So far I'm really enjoying It's Always Sunny. Um it's got it's just just different it's just a different style. Fresh mm-hmm. feels fresh to me still. I think for for you and Charlotte to watch together, I think the Sharon Horgan um comedy series well, they're kind of like comedy dramas. They're good. For example, Catastrophe, um, Motherland. I think she was involved in one that's called This Way Up. That was very good. Oh yeah, they're kind of like, yeah, com- comedy dramas. They've got they're pretty. Yeah. Okay. Serious sometimes, but I'll uh, I'll good. add it to my list. Yeah. The American Office has been on my list for a long time. Uh I have no interest in watching that. Nor the English one. It just doesn't... You haven't watched the English one? I've watched a couple episodes, but I'm not a big fan of Ricky Gervais. Do you not like that kind of awkward... I think no, back then Ricky it... Gervais was good. These days. Yeah. Not, yeah. I I think he had his, his day, but... Bob, he was working something... with... Um, there's something about... It's there? like... It's like... Um, I don't know. Imagine, right, for your 50th birthday... No one turns up and you have a plate of jelly. Like, it's just so depressing what? that, like, I just... I the, the vibe of The Office is that kind of vibe. Yeah, it's like, okay. <laughs> these people who are just oh, swimming in corporate Ooh. hell. Um, actually, corporate purgatory, which is worse. Corporate hell would be... At least there'd be some <laughs> kind of fun... Yeah. Purgatory is like, ugh. I know something that we can get into. Okay. Because it's still going now, and it just seems to be perpetual. Um, mm-hmm. And I've never watched any. Alan mm-hmm. Partridge. Oh. We should I've go watched back a couple and watch episodes. all the original st- stuff, mm-hmm. and then catch up with all the the new stuff. stuff. That that's a good thing for us to do. That's a lot. Of, that's, is that a big commitment? I don't reckon there's that much. Again, it's British, so it, there probably isn't that much. Yeah. And yeah. it spans quite, you know, it's it's interesting, probably, mm-hmm. in that yeah. Steve Coogan started it mm-hmm. decades ago. And then yeah. he's still doing it. it could, so it could be interesting to see if there's any kind of development yeah. or, or if it's all just the same stuff. Yeah, sure. But it's supposed um, to be really funny. Yeah, I, I've watched a few episodes of Alan Partridge, and the premise is that he lives in um, <laughs> he lives in a Premier Inn, sort of. Who's that? Lenny Henry? Does Lenny Henry live in a? <laughs> he advertises. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know if he actually lives there, but in Alan, Alan Partridge he lives in, live a in a hotel. Premier Inn. Of course, he doesn't live in. He just Are you does sure? The he does adverts. What? <laughs> Someone told me he lives in Premier Inn. And what, I just did you think just because he doesn't advert for it, he lives in Premier Inn? <laughs> uh, someone once told me that Premier Inns and, and other sort of companies are, have like uh, a lot of what they called panic button presses. Uh, there's usually dead bodies in quite a few of them. Uh, oh. Yeah. I guess there's so... If you took the total number of guests they must have per mm. day and mm. then compared that to the number of people who die per capita yeah. and then include the fact that hotels are always a bit dodgy. I, yeah. I don't know. Is that surprising, is it? Probably not, but it's... it's, it's I mean, it's just again, in, sort just of... around where I live, there's two hotel, two premier inns with mm-hmm. you know, got to be a couple hundred people in each every night. Died. Bloody hell. <laughs> yeah. Are you sure that's not a cult? <laughs> it's a... Uh, yeah. Um, oh! Oh! Okay. I watched something and it was amazing. Um, it's a Wonderful Life. You can't tell me you've only just watched it. 
That, wait, is is that's the one where the... Oh, I'm thinking the wrong... Shit, that's the wrong one. Um, what's the one where it's the Second World War and the, a Jewish family in Italy? Oh, Life is Beautiful? Life is Beautiful, that's it. Yeah, 1997. Directed uh, by... Oh, gosh. Roberto Benigni. Yeah. Or Benigni. He's a famous director. I've seen... I think, I think I've seen that film. Yeah. So the, the premise is um, a father and his son are captured by the Nazis. They're both Jewish. And the son is actually particularly young. Six or seven years old. Maybe, maybe a little bit younger. Um, and doesn't know what's going on. And so the father pretends that it's all part of a game. They've been put in a concentration camp. And the premise is, you know, it's really... Hap- the concentration camp and all of that stuff is really happening. But the father is absolutely hilarious and is just translating everything from German into uh, into Italian. Obviously, he doesn't speak a word of German. He just pretends that he knows what he's saying yeah. and just says... Oh, we're we're in fifth place. We've got five points, and the and the winner gets a th- you know you need a thousand points to win the game, and the winner gets a tank, and then the boy is like absolutely stunned. Oh my god! Like yeah. okay, and so he teaches him this, you know, you've got to play the game in order to not get spotted. In reality, the stakes are so high, um, yeah. but for the kid, you know, the stakes are. I need to get this tank. I need to mm. win. And so it's it, it's a comedy. It's beautiful. And it's also so dark. There is yeah. a couple of scenes. That generally, the premise... I mean, the, 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 the story is dark in itself. But there are some horrific scenes that will shock you. I, Sounds I want like some good Christmas watching. It has a sort of 1980s, 1970s, or possibly even earlier feel to it, as though the film was shot back in the 1950s. But it only came out in 1997. I have to give that a watch. I I think I haven't seen that. I must have seen a different one. So, Okay. Good recommendation. Thanks, Ali. Yeah. We're going to have to wrap this up because I've got to put my little baby little, to sleep. Little Before bubs. we do, mm-hmm. do you have any updates in the... Um, board game world I do, I do Um, so it's now been coming up to two years since I quit my job I think no way, has it? or is it a year and a half? maybe maybe two years crikey, it's flown by I have signed an agreement um, with a company uh, for one of my board games hey Um, yeah, it's um the game is called Posers. It's a party game about posing as other people and sometimes animals or things. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone has the same keyword. You all strike a pose in turn, holding the pose until everyone is posing at the same time. So usually it's job titles. Um, uh, sometimes it could be an elephant or something weird. Um, the, the catch, though, is that one person has been given a blank they don't know what the pose is, and their objective is to fit in with the rest of the group. Um, and Seb has played it. Uh, I have played it. Yeah. It was very, very good. Yeah. Yeah. Really silly party game. Uh, explain the rules in a minute, and you're off. Um, yeah. So that's with a company at the moment. We've got six months to develop it uh, together. Um and uh, get it ready for prime time. There is a chance that it doesn't go through, but the fact that they signed an agreement is, uh, you know, they want to make it feel like they care. Uh, and so um, that's that's why we did that. Um, Excellent. And it's a foot in the door and yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can um, see it picking up because, yeah, you don't need much for it, do you? And um, mm. it'd be a great Christmas game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's really, really simple, good with youngsters as well as adults. 
The the only thing is, if you play it with your grandparents, just give them some leeway because they will be doing charades, and the rules state it's a static pose. Every <laughs> single time I played it with uh, Charlotte and and uh, her mum, her mum would do charades and like act out the thing for at least you know ten seconds, uh, whether it was yep. chopping a loaf of bread or. Um, cutting down a tree it was absolutely hilarious <laughs> and we just have to keep shouting static pose <laughs> uh yeah yeah that's excellent yeah. congratulations mm. thank you very much yeah yeah first Exciting. of many hopefully yeah yeah we will we, well we won't get too ahead of ourselves but uh and you'll yeah. t- you'll take you'll take the board game world by storm your board games will be anywhere um, and you could say that you'll have somewhat of a monopoly on the board hey! <laughs> Did you know that there's a game called Communopoly? Which, I did not. I have, well, I haven't, I haven't looked it up properly to see what the rules are, but it's uh, the antithesis of Monopoly, apparently. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. I guess the Cluedo is in the name. <laughs> hey, very good. Yeah. Um, that was, that was an a, easy one to guess, though. I didn't have to take bo- much of a A boarding risk. joke. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was, uh, yeah. I felt yeah. a little cringe there. Okay, congratulations, Alan. And um, that's good positive news to end the podcast on. Wonderful. See you, buddy. <laughs>